Well, we're starting a new series on transition and how to navigate seasons of transition well, how to walk with wisdom through change. And this is so important because this is something that every man will inevitably face in life. It's just the reality of how God leads us. He leads us into and out of different seasons. Uh, but seasons of transition can be hard. They can be tricky. Uh, change can be confusing. Uh, how do you know when it's time to move on? And, and what do you do if you uh, can sense that transition is coming, but you don't know what's next? And it can feel like you're trying to navigate through a blizzard where you really are, are you're moving forward, but you don't know where you're going. And so it's worth our time to uh, have some conversations about how to walk with wisdom through seasons of transition. And so that's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. We're going to have a few different guests. And I'm going to start today by playing a conversation I recorded recently with Garvin McCarroll. Garvin spent 10 years as the senior executive pastor at New Life, which essentially meant he was the, the chief of staff. And uh, he has a lot of experience walking alongside men and women who are experiencing transition. So anytime we had a staff member transitioning onto our team or off of our team and onto their next assignment. Garvin was involved in that process. And so, again, he has a lot to, to say about how to transition well. He's seen it so much, not only during his time at New Life, but really over his 40-year ministry career. And so I hope you find this conversation helpful, and uh, I, I believe it's full of wisdom. And so without further ado, this is part one of a conversation with the one and only Garvin McCarroll. What an honor to have you. And uh, I know this is a topic that you have a lot of wisdom. And first of all, I, I think if I were to poll our entire staff, the staff that had the privilege of serving under your leadership when you were the senior executive pastor, and if I were to ask the staff to describe Garvin McCarroll in one word, I'll bet a lot of people, most people would say wisdom. Wisdom has marked your life. You're a man of wisdom. You have chased after wisdom. And uh, when it comes to transition, I think, I think this, is a, this is a topic you, you have a lot of wisdom in. You've walked alongside a lot of guys who have transitioned, and then you've had transition in your own life. And so I want to ask you here about what you've seen men do well, what you've seen men not do well in seasons of transition. But first, speak to your own experience with transitions. What are some of the significant transitions you've walked through in your own, your own life? Yeah. Well, Gabe, what an honor to be here. Thank you for letting me be here. And I hope that through our conversations today that we can uh, help some men that are going through this because any man will go through some kind of change at some point in time. They want to change jobs. They sense a change in ministry and change is healthy. But I think it's, you need to understand what, how to leave right and how to leave wrong and what to do when you sense that. And I'll, I'll start out my first, uh, my first transition, uh, what I went through. And I know you've been through transition, Gabe, and I want to hear some of the things that I think the men would too about what you went through. Because I'm coming from a 65-year-old man, and you know, you've got wisdom here in your early 30s and 40s, and so that we'll talk about that. But my first transition came when I was, I came into youth ministry, I had secular jobs up until I was 28 years old, and knew that God had called me to do something. And so 
at 28 years old, I came into ministry. And when I came in as a youth pastor, uh, my goal was to be, I'm going to be here forever. And uh, I want to uh, change that revolving door that most youth pastors had at that time. And so I came in and 10 years later that uh, something happened. It's like I'm 38 years old now and something's changing that I, I don't have a passion to do this anymore. You know, I've had I love teenagers, but I've had enough, and it's like, I, what do I do? You hit your quota. I did, and it's like, I, I don't, what's wrong with me? I thought, God, I you know, supposed to do this for life, and so the first thing I did, Gabe, was went and talked to my, my authority and my covering, and that's the first thing I would tell anybody is that, you know, don't run away from your covering. When you sense change coming, get around trusted men, trusted leaders that you can go talk to and say, something's changing in my life, and I don't know what to do, and that's what I did. That time I went to my oversight, which happened to be good friends of mine, and I told them what was going on, and they said, well, we thought you said you were called to do this for life. I said, I did, but something has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, the good intentions of what I started out with, now years later, it's like my passion's not in it. I, I don't have a desire to do this. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do, but I know something's changing, and God's in that. And so I'll, I'll pause there, Gabe, and say there's two types of transitions. One of them that you initiate, just like what I'm telling you, is that you know, I, something's changing, and I, I, you initiate that. The other type, and we'll talk about that later in this, is that where your leadership or somebody else initiates that change for you, and that can be painful. But back to this one. So I went to my covering, and I said, uh, this is what I'm sensing. And, and so they said, well, okay, well, we'll, this is January. And they said, well, Garvin, we don't know of anything else here that we'll have for you, but in March, you'll be doing something different here or somewhere else. And so I began to like, wow, am I, I guess my time's up. And so I was fully prepared to go back to sales, which I had been in before, to, pr- to provide for my family. And I was fully prepared to do that. And I think God checks our attitude in there. It's like this. I didn't get mad. I didn't say, what's wrong? Something, you know, they don't like me. They're trying to get rid of me or something like that. I just begin to, to get ready for the next step. And I think there's a point, a, a, a very good principle in that. Man makes his plan. God directs his mm-hmm. step. Well, I had a plan not to get mad or anything. I'll go back to what I was doing before, but I'll provide for my family. So that, that's something everybody has to think, are you willing to do something else in the interim? Maybe why God's doing something. Well, anyway, I stayed there, gave a, a talk through uh, with my covering and my authority. And sure enough, in three months, something else came up there. Something totally caught me off guard. But God will always prepare you for what you're going to be doing next. You know, that's, that's the thing about it. And so many men, it's like, well, you know, stay there until God opens a door or something because he's preparing you for the next step. And so that, I took my next step, and that was my first transition. And I went through probably over 10 transitions in my 40 years of ministry. And I can only think of one time that when I didn't get to raise the flag, if you will, or say something's changing, but I did all those things. I went to my covering. I talked to them. I asked them to speak into my life. What do you see? Help help! Don't help me not to miss something that God's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important because a lot of men, that when they sense my heart's not in this, I'm, I want to change immediately, it's time to quit. Well, there may be a time to do that, but the wisest thing to do is to walk it out with trusted people that you can trust and speak into your life. And your wife, too. Listen to your wife, too. That I think it's important to be in unity with her. So those are just some things that I've learned. Yeah. In my yeah. So uh, one of the themes I'm hearing you talk about, Garvin, is run to your covering. Don't be a lone ranger in this. What about the guy who doesn't trust his boss? He, maybe he has a... He's got a job. He senses transition. He doesn't trust his boss, and he feels like if I run to my boss, uh, my my covering my boss here, uh, it's not going to go well. He may get fired. Uh, well, he may kick me out. 
Yeah, it's a great question, Gabe. What do you do when you have a covering that you don't trust? It's like, this is when you go to men and maybe a pastor or somebody that you can trust in that to say, hey, here's what I'm faced with. Talk through it. I think so many men try to go through issues alone. And, and I think you and God, that, that's great. We all have to have that time. With, but I think it's important to have someone that you can go talk to. Because, you know, Gabe, I, just like we were talking about earlier, that if you self-develop, you self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you you never want to not allow someone to help you see some blind spots. It's like, maybe it's you. you got a bad attitude. Maybe, you know, I can do better. They're just not paying me what I'm worth. And it's like, if you make them a hand and work hard, that's what God promises to bless. Mm-hmm. And so we'll talk about, you know, how to leave in a minute. It's like, how you leave is important as why you leave. Mm-hmm. So many people leave wrong. And it's, it comes on your resume. He did those. So I think if we as believers, if we leave the way God wants us to, they're gonna, it's going to turn out well. Yeah. yeah. It will. Yeah, and the idea that how, how we leave is how we arrive in the next place. How Say more about that, Garvin. How, what's the right way to leave? If a man decides it's time to resign, it, it's time. I don't want to put this off any longer. What is the right way for a man to go about that process? You know, Gabe, it's it's like I'm looking at an electrical plug here. You know, it's like when you pull that plug out, it's like it's clean. It's ready to engage somewhere else. But if you turn that plug wrong and pull it out wrong, it's not going to enter in the right way Mm -hmm. in the next plug that you try to plug it in. And so the right way to leave is like this is give a notice at least two or two weeks or more like that. You know, talk to them and uh, make it as as best as you can. And what that opens up, they may want to counter. You know, they may want to come back and say, hey, you're a valuable employee and, and we want you to stay. And I think that, to me, it's a witness for the Lord that when somebody, it, it, you've made them a hand, you've worked hard, you, you, you've done your job, and then they may want to say, well, we want you to stay. And so many men, I think about this, is that they, you know, well, they get, they don't do a good job. They're not diligent. And I think we need to be diligent as Christians. Whatever a hand finds a plow to do, we do it with all of them. Mm-hmm. But Gabe, here's some things I would tell you that if you're going to leave, you know, leaving is planned, it's prayerful, it's pure, it's peaceable and positive. And so that's the way that you leave. And you think through that, not spur of the moment, you know, I'm mad, anything on impulse gets you in trouble. And I think a good rule of thumb for anybody, before you make a big decision, you know, something's happened, you're mad, you've got a lot of emotions, it's like this, wait 24 hours before you do anything. You know, because what you're getting ready to say will have a little too much Tabasco on it, <laughs> too hot. Cool off, think about that. And it's amazing because I've typed up emails that, I mean, it had some smoke on it. And it's like, I'm going to wait 24 hours. I've tried to live this out. I'm going to wait 24 hours before I sit it out. And in 24 hours happens, I read that and I go, man, I'm glad I didn't sit down. Mm-hmm. It would have started a fire mm-hmm. in that way. So take time to cool off. Uh, you know, think, what, think about what you're going to do. Garvin, you talked about two ways that transition can can happen. One is when we raise the flag and we go to our oversight and say, "I think I think God is uh, transitioning me." The other the other alternative is when uh, the, your oversight raises the flag. So say more about that. You know, a lot of guys. It's like they want to be in control, and and sometimes with God, you're not in control. And that He's working in a way that we don't know, and He works through leadership. If if you understand about the way God works sometimes, it's through your leadership. And even that's in employment. And sometimes it's like your, your employer or your area of ministry, it's like they're sensing a change for you. Well, it's key in that way to embrace that, not say the first thing people think, what I do wrong? You know, you're hiding something. You're not telling me the truth. And those things will get you in trouble. 
is that you know your leadership if they tell you well we're sensing a change for you in another area or something else it's like that it's like talk through that with them but then embrace that it's like okay god may be moving in a way that i didn't know of and but it's when i moved to colorado yeah it's like one of the first things i, I woke up every morning i saw pike's peak and i love that view and when i got it this is what god spoke to me one time is that you know that beautiful mountain i see this side i can't see the other side god is so big he sees both sides and he wants us to walk with him to get to the top of that. And he'll show you what's on the other yeah. side. But you got to stay with him. Yeah. And so many people that, well, something's wrong. I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? And me, that's all about them and about what they're not being honest with me, suspect, uh, pessimistic. They get negative and they can't see that, that God's in there and that he's making a change. The lead, he spoke to leadership and leadership is working with you to make a change in that. And those are more painful because you're, you're not in control. It's like, well, I, you know, but don't go to the, to the, the wrong end and draw a wrong conclusion. It's like God's in that. He's yeah. trying to get you there, but he's using your leadership. Yeah. And a lot of people don't recognize that. So I think that's important. And Gabe, I have a question for you. You went through a transition. You were in children's ministry for eight years. And so something began to change in that. Was it the leadership? Was it you? Or how did how did you go through that? Transition? Yeah, I, I would just sense a, a change in my own spirit. Um, so it was something that I was sensing and I, I went to leadership I think one of the things that I noticed, Garvin, in that season of transition is how long it took. Yeah. I think initially I thought, well, I'm sensing change. I think God is up to something. Uh, transition is on the horizon. And I thought it would happen quickly. But looking back on that process of when I was transitioning from children's ministry into men's ministry, it was a process of uh, three or four years. And now looking back, I see how strategic God was and how he was preparing me and getting me ready for what he had. Um, but that's something I encourage guys with now is be be patient with the process because it's not always a situation that as soon as we sense transition in our spirits that God is going to make it happen the next day. It's not microwave. It, yeah. It takes time. And Gabe, the reason I brought this up, you were on one side of the mountain and I happen to be here in leadership on the other side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Here's what we saw, Gabe, is that there was an opening in the children's ministry and we begin to look at our staff who's faithful, who can, can relate to men, who, who can preach and teach and stuff like that. And all of us said, that's Gabe Jenkins. Hmm. And so Brady and I talked about that and that's what God was doing on the other side of the mountain for you. But Gabe, you were faithful. You stayed true there. You said something's changing. And that's why God works. This is what surprises us sometimes. If you stay faithful, he's opening something over here and it'll surprise you. And that's when we came and said, Gabe, we think you're the next uh, men's pastor. And he's preparing you because I feel like, I, if you work with children and kids, you can work with anybody. Because <laughs> all we work with is grown-up kids, you know. And so, but you were faithful with what God gave you, Gabe. And then, you know, Brady and the leadership over here were watching that. It's like, Gabe's our guy. So mm-hmm. he, he groomed you. That's what he's doing on the side of the mountain. Yeah, and I, I, at the time when I was in that season, when I sensed transition coming, I didn't know what was next. I didn't know it would be men's ministry. Um, but when I look back on it now, a couple of things that God highlighted to me in, in that season of transition, he, the Holy Spirit asked me one time, he said, what have you noticed as you've worked with kids all these years? And my answer to that was, I've, I've seen the impact a father has, a man has on kids. And at the time, I was also doing some counseling at the women's medical clinic. And so I was sitting with women and counseling women, and uh, the Holy Spirit asked me, and what, as you've sat with these women, what have you heard? What have you seen? And as I processed the question, it was, well, I've, I've seen the impact a man has on a woman. 
And again, this was before I had any idea. I could not see the other side of the mountain. I had no idea God was preparing men's ministry for me. But essentially, he was showing me the impact a man has on kids who I was working with and women. Uh, And then he was showing me the importance of investing into men, leading men. And and that season really shaped the passion in me uh, for what I'm doing now. But at the time, I had no idea. I couldn't see it. Exactly. You know, Gabe, that's the thing when about the Lord for all men is that He's engaged in the everyday affairs of our life. We can't even see that. And what keeps us from seeing those sometimes is that impulse, anger, bad attitudes, those are the things that keep us from seeing what God's doing. And But He's always involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know this about the Lord, is that He'll never send you to or release you to an area that you're not prepared for. Now, we will. We'll jump ship, and why do a lot of guys jump into another job and they're not happy? Because it's like he didn't prepare you for that. He didn't. And you go in there ill-equipped. You know, you may have jumped in there, but it's like self-sending. I've always found out this, that when God sends you and releases you, there's blessing with that. Mm-hmm. When we self-send and do it on our own, his blessings are not there. Mm-hmm. And so I know there's a, a lot of things that men have questions about jobs. I'm not happy. And it, the bottom line, we got to work. You know, and it's like what it, you're, you may or may not get your dream job. And I've had jobs that I, before ministry, that I detested. But it's like this they produced something in me, and I provided for my family. And, but you can always better yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But wherever you're at, you know, like this, that's where we get to be a witness for God is that make them a hand, show them what a, a believer looks like. They work hard, they show up, you know, the right time, they have a good attitude. And I think that just glorifies God. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a job that seems like a dead end job, it's just, you know, mundane. It's like it's God's people are watching you at your place of work. Mm-hmm. They are. And that doesn't mean you carry your Bible in there and try to preach to people. You look for a platform that God gives to, to talk to people, mm-hmm. and he will. I don't know how many guys over the years that I had the privilege of working with that came up and said, hey, i got a question for you. And it wasn't because I carried my Bible or anything like that. It's because of what God was doing through me just to model that and, and be persistent, to be show up every day, have a good attitude, honor your boss. And, and so that goes a long way. Yeah. yeah, you were salt and light right, right where God had you. And I think, uh, I think something from, that reminds me of the story from Scripture after the resurrection. You know, the disciples uh, went back to fishing. That's right. That's they didn't right. sit around. I mean, they, they went right back to work, and Jesus came to them there. And I think, I think that's a mistake that we can make as men in seasons of transition is, is we can sit around and think that, uh, well, I'm going to wait for God to drop the perfect job from heaven right into my lap, when perhaps God is saying, no, uh, just go do what's right in front of you. Go, go find some more. Go find some employment. That's right. You know, I, I was faced with that when uh, when my wife and I got married. You know, I knew I was called to ministry, and not everybody's called to ministry, but we're all called to minister. And I remember it's like, uh, man, I, I would I know God's called me this, but the door's not open. Well, gave it was six years before that that transition took place, and so sometimes transition go quick, sometimes they go slow, but God's in them. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You stay true to the what he's put before you. And I've always believed this for men is that if you're in a job that you don't like, stay there till there's another open door. Because many times what guys do, they'll quit on the on the spur of the moment, I'm not happy, and then they sit out there for a long time not being employed. You know, and there's if your boss is doing something immoral and unethical, that's one thing. But if he's not, I've always believed this. If somebody's asking, especially in authority, they're asking you to do something that's not sin, you ought to do it. 
you know, they're the boss. If you were the boss, you may be asking guys to do that too, but if it's wrong or something like that, well, then you stand up. That's when you get to be a witness. I'm, I can't do that. It's immoral. It's unethical. It's illegal or whatever like that. But, you know, I've always believed that, that whatever my leadership or my employer asked me to do, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. And, but employers look for somebody like go-to guy. Who can I call that I know will do this? Mm-hmm. And I think what a time to shine for the Lord. It, it, I'll do. And you're not being a suck up. You're not being one of those guys that do good or whatever you want to call that. It's like this. You're just being faithful. You know what does Scripture say? If you're faithful with the little things, He'll trust more with you. And some guys, it's like they, they're not faithful with the small stuff. They want the big stuff. Like, well, this is going to make me look good or. So, just be faithful. Yeah. You know, God, what does it say in Timothy? He looks for faithful people. Yeah. Be faithful where you're at. Yeah. That goes along. Yep. And he's far more engaged than we often give him credit. That's exactly right. For. That's exactly right. Well, we'll push pause at this point on our conversation with Garvin, and we'll come back with the rest of the conversation next week on part two. But one of the things you heard Garvin talk about was the importance of walking through seasons of change in the company of other men, having a community, not going at it alone. And if you're looking to get plugged in with a great group of guys, I want to encourage you to go online and check out a list of our fire team men's groups. These are groups of men who are being intentional to do life together in the context of community. And I firmly believe there is the right group for you. So there's more information on our, on our groups at newlifechurch.org slash men.